How many of you felt the presence of the Lord when you came into the house or during worship today? Just a few, everybody? Kind of like you get that sensation and you like get that Holy Spirit, that Holy Ghost feeling going on and there's something that starts just uh, energizing, right? And I thought, you know, I was thinking a little bit early, I was going to see, you know, before I came to the Lord Jesus Christ, I consumed alcohol. How many of you? you would be honest in church to say and be admitted to that, that you drank before you got saved. The rest of you are like holding it back in church now. But for those of you that would be honest and say that liquor's quicker, right? I said, if I'm gonna take an offering up for the bridge today, I'm gonna ask the Holy Spirit to get everybody drunk. Because a drunk buys the first round and gives everything away. Amen. So anyway, that joke didn't go so good, but I, I thought it was a good, I thought it was kind of funny when I thought about it. But this morning, um, I would really like for everyone from the Bridge Church, every volunteer, whether you're involved with the Bridge Downtown, the, the outreach on the street for the, for the club ministry, the food pantry, uh, cooking, anything. If anyone here in the, in, in the room today, if you're connected to the Bridge Ministry and outreach or you're part of the family, stand. Just stand. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. We honor you. We love you. You are the best volunteers in my world. Amen. And uh, Miss Kimmy, I know you don't like it. Stand up. Come on. Come on. There you go. My beautiful help me. Thank you. He who finds a wife finds a good thing. Right? Pastor Bowen, one time when he was started, started ministering to me, helped me come out of that um, gangster outlaw motorcycle world. He said, it took me six months to get sleeves in your t-shirt and you met her and three months later, she had you in a suit. <laughs> so God is good, right? And, and of course, uh, without saying Pastor Bowen, Miss Faye, I love you. You poured into my life. Pastor Bowen was a first man that I ever trusted with my life at the age of 46 and he's mentored me he's he's had me in his office on the good side if, if you ever get a phone call from Pastor Bowen and he says do you have a minute <laughs> yeah it's either really really good or it's time to pray <laughs> and, but thank God most of mine have been really really good and I love you I appreciate you I respect you and uh, I just can't thank God enough for you. You've just been such an influence in, in my life and in the ministry. Um, I think I'm going to just go back to the very beginning of January 2007. And we do have volunteers in this room tonight uh, that were with us the very first day. And uh, we, we just had a heart uh, that we would just go downtown uh, with a few rednecks. We had a couple of rednecks back then that had you know, flatbed trailers and some pickup trucks. And we had a handful of volunteers and we had a heart full of love. And we thought we'd just go down there under that bridge. And we started with about 50 to 75 homeless guys. And we're just going to feed them a good hot meal and a fiery message. Come on now, y'all. But seriously, God began to move in our hearts. He, He really started, you know, when you when you have, when God puts something in your heart that's deep and it's sincere and it's for others, 
It's, it's really that you go to help him, but what God wants to do is he wants to help you be more like him. And he, he did that. He, he changed us as much as we ever tried to change the people that we went to minister in. And we fell in love with a family. They weren't just this, you know, too many times, even in our own city, um, they look at homelessness and sometimes even the poor as the invisible people, but there's no one invisible in the eyes of the Lord. And, and they weren't invisible to us. They were right in front of us and we just couldn't wait Saturday after Saturday to just go back and to be with our new family. And today uh, we have the opportunity to minister what we started so small with today. We minister between two and 300 people every Saturday. And yeah, in, in just a few months, uh, we will uh, celebrate 10 years under the bridge. And uh, we, we take two Saturdays off a year. We take the Saturday off after Thanksgiving and after Christmas to be with our own family. And, uh, and so through the years, for 10 years now almost, we've only missed one Saturday of all of those years. And that Saturday happened to be on our seventh year anniversary. And we were so excited. We had all the cupcakes and balloons and we were gonna give all this extra stuff away. And when the weather hit, it blew us away. It blew chairs down, it blew tables over. We were trying to catch speakers that were on stands. We, had a, we did uh, have the opportunity to feed, but that way it was over. And I said, Lord, this is supposed to be our big seven year celebration. And the Lord was only allowing me to know that he was still in control. And when he's in control, it's good, right? How many of us know God can do so much better with our lives than we can ourselves? Yes. Well, we believe truthfully that the Bridge Church is just really a meeting place where heaven has the opportunity to invade earth. We just go there and say, God, whatever you want to do, you know, just come and invade, just come and take over. You, you ha- we, want, we want you, Lord. And so over the 10 years, we don't have any idea. We, we never kept count of how many people gave their hearts to Jesus. We never kept count. Although we did know that there were some days that the numbers went way up when we baptized people. It was amazing how we'd have three or four people sign up for baptism and 20 people later. <laughs> and, and, and you know, I, I love to baptize them. I like to hold them under till they know they're saved. <laughs> no, good. if they're bubbling, you know, they're close. So um, yeah, <laughs> so Cap, on the serious side, we've seen miracle after miracle of healing. Just this year, uh, I can tell you that one of the most, it was scoliosis uh, one Saturday. It was cancer another Saturday. It's deliverances from drugs and addictions. And, and, and it's just God being God. It's just him showing that he loves us and cares for us. And you know, the scripture actually tells us that when we love him, that signs and miracles and wonders will follow us. We don't follow them, they follow us. We're just obedient to what he wants us to do. And um, so we know that ministering in the downtown area of Augusta has, has really uh, changed lives forever. And as you saw the pictures in the Philippines there for um, the outreach that we do overseas, what happened there, I'm gonna explain that in just a moment. In 2008, we were here in, in the church on a Sunday morning where we had went and picked up quite a few men. We used to run vans and pick them up and bring them to church at the 8.30 service. 
And that Mission Sunday, we had a, a row of homeless in inner city with us over here to the right, on my right. And, and there was a statement made from the stage, and I'm not sure if it was Jack Haynes or Pastor Bowen, um, but whoever, they made a statement that, that unaware that there were homeless people in the congregation, the change in your pocket can plant a church in the Sudan for about $600. Well, right after that service, when Miss Kimmy and I were up at the altar, about 12 homeless guys came and they surrounded us and they were crying and they were saying, you know, we really want the opportunity for you to take up an offering at the bridge so we can plant one of those churches. And we were wrecked. I was going, God, how in the world am I going to ask homeless people to give? And the Holy Spirit said, if you allow them, if you will allow them to give, I will break the spirit of poverty off of them. Yes, because Jesus became poor that we may become rich and they may not be rich with the things of the world but I'm telling you the people from under the bridge have claimed the bridge church downtown as their church and and they are rich in the Lord they are continuing to grow and believing actually these miracles that we see of healing we've came to the point under the bridge now that when we see it's a really serious when we see it's full-blown HIV we know it's a serious situation and we know that God can use one person, but we call on the bridge church itself, the inner city homeless and poor. Those of you that have faith, stand up and stretch your hands forth. And we seen, and, and the cancers were healed and it brings, it brings enthusiasm and excitement. And we've seen the scoliosis and we see the HIV and we depend on them. God wants to use them. And I believe that I've believed in my heart because I've been praying for 10 years. I've been praying for revival. I've been praying for restoration and refreshing for our city. Start in my home, then go to my neighborhood, then go to the city streets. But don't let any, don't let there be any limit on it, God. We need revival and we're believing in, 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 you know, the, the volunteers that are with us, we pray continually, big prayers, crazy prayers. God, you know, just, uh, just release everyone at the Bridge Church on the streets of the city of Augusta to heal the sick. You know, there's some hospitals that are not all that crazy, I guess, about having homeless people on their, on their property. And I said, God, let the homeless go to the hospital and start praying healing to the point where we don't have to worry about insurance anymore. They just, they're just healed in the name of Jesus. And so, and so as we saw the miracles of healing, then as we grew to that place of, of, of giving financially, the, the inner city homeless and poor come up and, and give in a, their change and their change. It used to be changed. It's more like dollar bills now. And, and over the years, they planted 20 churches around the world, mostly in Africa. And then about five years ago, we had a Filipino community come to the bridge ministry to serve. And we fell in love with the Filipino community and they fell in love with us. And uh, we started having a Bible study together with them. And there was a typhoon that hit the Philippines and it was massive. There were 6,000 bodies on shore no way to tell what was offshore. And they said, would you please go to the Philippines and minister to our people? So we went there and we fell in love with that people group. We saw 
tremendous poverty. We went into schools and orphanages that were being rebuilt and, and put back together. And then there was a shift from planting churches in Africa. And we came and we made a plea to the church. Can we start supporting an orphanage and a school in the Philippines? These kids only get one bowl of rice a week. But through the giving of the Bridge Church, they get five meals a week, and now their learning capabilities are, are better. Our partnership with First Baptist Augusta was a big deal. It was a big deal be, because before they come on board with us, when we started the ministry, we could only do every other Saturday. We didn't have enough finances and we didn't have enough volunteers. And really, we didn't have the facility to go every Saturday, but we kept claiming it. We kept believing it. We said, God, you're going to let us go every Saturday. And one day, we, one, I think a event we had, I think it was a Christmas party. I stood up in front of all the volunteers and I said, you know, I think we're going to go every Saturday. And Pastor Bong went, we don't have the facility for that yet. I said, but we believe together. Then we just started believing together. And God brought a man from First Baptist Augusta who had great influence on local missions from First Baptist. And so as he came and he fell in love with our family there, he went back and he basically kind of told First Baptist uh, Missions and he was very financially influential, correct? (laughs) Correct. Money talks, (laughs) even in the church, okay? And uh, so he kind of explained that if you don't help me do this, I'll go do it on my own. And the next thing we knew, First Baptist came and now they, for the last five years, every other Saturday, they have provided the meals and the food and they've helped us with the finances. Yes. Hugh Holler, stand up. Hugh. This is Hugh Holler. He is our representative from First Baptist. Isn't it just like God to take, I'm going to be kind, a Pentecostal church and one of the most religious traditional churches in the city and say, ah, let's just put them together and see what happens. Let's just see what happens. And and God rocks. And when that happened, what what we saw was as First Baptist and and New Hope started working together, the Lord moved, of course, and churches in our region began to recognize what the Lord can do when, when Christians put away religious and doctrinal differences to become the body of Christ, to be the heartbeat of Jesus. So we know that the bridge ministry through our Saturday service or the food pantry or the adopt a block or whatever we do, we know that throughout our region, we, the Lord has allowed us to touch every social, racial, and economical people in our area, in the region. It was God. I give God the glory for that. I can tell you that I know personally that the will of God has often been a much debated subject in doctrine and theology. But I can tell you that no one is done any good when it's kept in the classroom of theory. It must be taken to the streets, to the hurting, the lost, and the broken people that need the truth that set men free if we are really going to be about the Great Commission. John 15 and 13 said, Greater love is no man than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. And I can tell you 
that greater love has no volunteer than the ones that spend endless hours in a kitchen prepping and cooking food behind the scenes that no one will ever know except the people that it's delivered to without enough help. Where's Miss Catherine? Come on. Um, and, and, the, and the whole cook team, you know. I, I can say that greater love has no volunteer than the volunteer that comes down on a Saturday to hold a small baby that has not had a diaper change in days in the sweltering heat of summer. Or maybe the volunteer that wraps their arm around the loneliest senior citizen on a freezing cold winter day. We, ne- we know that no matter what, we do know this, that when we leave that place, no one arrives the same way. No one leaves the same way that they arrived. Our largest outreaches of the year are just ahead of us. And they are, of course, Thanksgiving and outreach. And I'm so thankful for all the people in the community that like to come together and help us for the big outreaches. Churches just come out of the woodworks for Thanksgiving and Christmas, and that's fantastic. We're, we're thankful for that, but we need people every week, 50 weekends out of the year, we need help. So last year with Thanksgiving, it was amazing. The last two years, we've had the opportunity to go to the James Brown Arena to do Thanksgiving because it seemed like that three years ago, we just had 2,000 people under the bridge and it was just overwhelming. And so the Lord made provision last year. We fed 3,000 hot meals, gave away coats with 850 people from 72 churches, business, and local schools under one umbrella in one place to serve and to give of our time. I'm glad to announce that both Thanksgiving and Christmas this year will be back under the bridge on November the 19th. November the 19th will be our Thanksgiving outreach, and we will be doing a volunteer training at First Baptist Augusta on November the 6th at 6 p.m. And uh, if, you, if you can volunteer, we would love to have your help. There is a sign-up sheet out in the atrium at our bridge table, and that is for the big events. It is also for we need you every Saturday. We need help in children's ministry. We need help cooking. We need help adopt a block. We need, you just name it. We just need your help. That's all. We just need your help. We need your help. How about one Saturday a month? Let's see, 365 days a year, you minus 12. Uh, I don't know what that is because I just can't think that quick. But that leaves a whole lot of days for you and only 12 for God. Got in trouble on that one probably. Um, Sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. But I really just want to love you and do it if I can. Um, The other thing that you'll find at our table is this brochure. This year, we plan on making 1,500 meals along with the new coats. And let me tell you, people say, why do you give new coats every year? The very first year that we gave away coats for Thanksgiving, we gave out, we probably had 150 people that year. It wasn't a big deal. But we had people come through the line that were weeping when when we gave them a new coat. They were crying. It wrecked our volunteers. The volunteer said, why are you weeping? And he said, it's the only piece of brand new clothing I ever had in my life. You know, they can, they can go to the Salvation Army and they can go to different locations around town to get something that's warm. But I don't know about you, but I like a new piece of clothing. My shirt's pretty new. My wife picked it out. She dresses me well. 
I always get kind of excited to see if I'm really going to wear that or not. <laughs> but, but she usually does really good. So that's why, you know, I, say, I, I made that declaration. I said, I don't care what it takes from this year. And if there's going to be people that take advantage of it, that's between them and God, not me. It's up to me to give my best. Jesus gave me my, his, his best, and I'm going to give my best. And, and we're going to do that. And it's expensive. You can imagine. Take 15 times 1,500. Yeah. So we need your help. And so uh, for $5, you can buy a full Thanksgiving meal. And for 15 a brand new coat. So these are um, on our table. Please, please help us. All right. Are you good? Yes. Are you happy? Yes. Do you love Jesus? Yes. Jesus! Yes. yes. We like to do that at the bridge. We scream Jesus so loud they can hear it at the Kroger. <laughs> they know that we're there. But the most important, it's not that we're there. It's that he's there. He always shows up. He is so faithful. And um, we are thankful for that. First Peter 2 and 9. I'm going to just kind of make some declarations over you that the Lord said. Is that good? I like what God said. <laughs> and I love the Bible. How about you? Yeah. Do you love the Bible? I got a few people on the front row. Y'all are just, some, yeah. It's like I got this front row at the bridge ministry and the back row is like back there. Some, do y'all love the Bible, the Word of God? Yeah. The Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, right? Yeah. If you don't know where you're going, read the Word. <laughs> Amen. Okay. <laughs> First Peter 2 and 9 you're a chosen generation you are a chosen generation you're a royal priesthood you're a holy nation and you are a peculiar people that you should show forth praises unto him who has called you and me out of darkness into his marvelous light that's good news right you're a chosen generation you're a royal priesthood your royalty. You know, when I read that scripture, it instantly took me back August 28, 1999, in the middle of the afternoon. I woke up out of a coma in an ICU mental health ward from a drug overdose. My body functions had shut down. And when I woke up, he called me out of darkness into marvelous light when I said, God, I don't want to... I don't want to know the God on television and I don't want to know the God on the radio. If you're real, take my addiction and I will serve you. I didn't say the sinner's prayer. I really didn't even know what that meant. All I know is I needed to be rescued from darkness if I wanted to live. And God was faithful. And he touched me that day and the fire's not gone out yet. Thank you, Lord. Out of darkness into marvelous light. He called us out of darkness into his marvelous light, not just so we could be a light, but so that we could have vision. The scripture says that my people perish without a vision. I doubt that very many of you, when you walked into church this morning, looked up at the ceiling so you could see the light. <laughs> Did you? No, you walked in here because you wanted to see people. You came in here because you wanted to see what God might do today. You came in here because you wanted to have a vision. He wants us to see that we were chosen before the foundation of the world to shed light in darkness to the generation that we live in today. 
May I tell you, don't ever let your vision be faded to tell a stranger about your Savior. Don't do that. Don't be afraid to do what God, with that still small voice is asking you to do that may feel, that make you feel uncomfortable. Your fear, if you have a fear of witnessing to the lost, can be wiped out like that. Because if you love Jesus, it says that perfect love casts out all fear. And all you have to do is say, Jesus, let me show your love to this person. You intervene with your love so I can love that person the way that you would. Philippians 1 and 6 said, be confident of this very thing. That he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus. Let me tell you that what God pulls you out of, sometimes he'll send you right back into you. <laughs> so that you can release what you've been rescued from. You know, I believe totally. That's, that's why the Lord allowed me to go under the bridge. You see, I was an addict, so I can minister to addicts and addicts get set free. I was a broken-hearted person and I can pray with broken-hearted people and broken hearts are mended. I can minister to those who have been fatherless because I was fatherless and that's what put the emptiness in my heart to be so rebellious in the world that I live in before I came to Christ. Can I tell you today that probably one of the largest problems in our nation today is come from a fatherless generation? When we sang the song about orphans, do you know that what we did when we began the ministry in 2007 to go down and minister to the homeless, we were actually ministering to the fatherless and we were presenting them to the father who would come and love the orphan and they are orphans no more, no more. You know, that's what we really all need. We need a father, his compassion and his love toward us to know that he will never leave us as an orphan. He just won't do that. Sons, oh, I love this. Your royalty, your sons and daughters. You're dressed in garments of salvation. You look brilliant in the eyes of the Lord. You stand out. Sons and daughters of the king are royal. And when it comes to going and ministering to other people, let me tell you that God will never let what Jesus purchased with his blood be repossessed by the enemy when you're bold enough to penetrate darkness with life. He will not allow you to fall back into the things that you did unless it's your choice, but he will give you the boldness to go to the same places that he brought you out of so that you can bring people to him. We're a holy nation. I love it. We're a holy nation. We know that right now the condition of our government is a mess. We need to pray. We need to believe. We need to trust God because God will never fail us. He said because of the increase of his government and his peace, there will be no end. I think instead of making all the accusations of how bad they are, maybe we ought to pray that God would save them. They're not in any worse condition than I was when I gave my heart to the Lord. Could you see Hillary Clinton on fire for Jesus? She wouldn't have perverts at her side. She'd have prayer warriors at her side. You talk about revival. We would have the greatest revival in the nation. Start believing for big things. Start grasping on to things that are impossible because God makes all things possible. Amen. Amen. I don't have to be worried about ISIS. I have Jesus. Amen. Amen. 
We're a holy nation because we are from a different kingdom. Or Jesus wouldn't have taught the disciples, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come on earth. Where? On earth as it is in heaven. So we're from a different kingdom. You're not of the earth. You know, he doesn't just want us to go after the eternal prizes of salvation of the kingdom so we can get to heaven. Yes, that's, that's so important. But I know that his heart's desire is that we need to seek the kingdom because we are so in love with the king that we are attractive and contagious to a lost and dying world. I don't know about you. I kind of like being peculiar. I look weird. I act weird. You know, I've always been a little different. I don't even know where I came from. I, I was adopted at birth. That, I mean, that's not normal, is it? Were you? No. Uh, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I might be Heinz 57. Pastor Peoples from Faith Outreach told me, he said, Pastor Roger, you're just a black man in a white coat. I said, that, that's one of the best statements I've ever heard. I take that. I receive that. I love it. I don't care what God made me out of. I don't know where I came from, but I sure do know where I'm going. And I want to take a lot of people with me. Amen. Why don't you just do this? Look at your, look at your neighbor and say, you're chosen. You're holy. Your royalty. Y'all up there on the side ain't doing too hot. Come on now. And I love it. Y'all peculiar. You're peculiar. Set apart. Set apart. Guess what set apart means? Sanctified. Amen. Sanctified. You're set apart. You're different. Isaiah 58 and 10. As I close. If you extend your soul to the hungry... And satisfy the afflicted soul. Then your light shall dawn in the darkness. And your darkness shall be as the noonday. If you extend your soul. Your soul is your mind and your will and your emotions. Extend your soul. Expand your thinking. Be strong and courageous. Make yourself available. Ask God to open the windows of heaven and reveal what's next. Too many times, the only place that the windows of heaven are ever closed are right between your ears. It's your thinking. Think big. He's bigger. Think out of the box. He's not in a box. Be strong and courageous when it comes to serving others. One of my prayers on a daily basis is, God, please allow me the opportunity today to have a positive effect on someone else's life. I want to help others. We are his workmanship created in Christ for good works. And all of this, he says, when, if you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall dawn in darkness and your darkness shall be as the noonday your light shall dawn in the darkness and your darkness shall be as the noonday say my light shall be as the noonday noonday in the hebrew to sar is when the window of heaven open at midday that changes the ocean tides
Scientifically, light affects the gravitational pull of the sun and the moon by the momentum of electromagnetic radiation releasing light that in turn affects the tides of the sea of the earth. Wow, I got through that. (laughs) I'm getting hot. You're light. You're not just any kind of light. You're not ordinary light. You're extravagant light. You're extravagant light because you've been bought with an extravagant price. You shall be as the noonday. You have the light in you that has the power to shift the tides in the lost and the broken by the pull of the sun working through you. The pull of the sun released through you. And when we are in alignment with that, he's not on that anymore. When we are in alignment with the sun, He will give you an assignment. He will give you an assignment. He will allow you to change the tides of the lost to be saved. Come on. Come on. Where are you at in life today? He'll change the tides of the sick to be healed. He will change the tides of the addict to be delivered. He will change the tides. God changed the tides of the heart of our nation to be about one nation under God again. Change the tides of the way that we think. Help us, God, be light that moves the heart of other people with the love of God. Are you tide changers? Are you in alignment for an assignment? Do you believe that all things are possible through Christ which strengthens you? Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Oh, I'm so thankful for everything that God has has done in the ministry and done through our church. And, you know, if we want to admit it, life oftentimes seems like it's like this. You're on top and then you're down and then you're on top and, and you're on your, and the scripture again says, if we will, whether we're on the bottom or on the top or in the middle, if we trust the Lord with all of our heart and lean not into our own understanding, he will direct our path. And our path is always toward the kingdom. And when life, for all of us, if we admit it, it goes like this. And the scripture tells us that when we belong to the Lord, that the angels of heaven encamp around about us. So that means that there's no place in the circle of life that you will not be like this. And that when you get done with that, what you have is a beautiful crown to lay at the feet of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'd like the prayer team to come. Come to the altar right now, prayer team. Oh, church, I'm thankful that I've been with y'all for 17, almost 18 years. I was one of the biggest wrecks that ever walked through those doors. I didn't know anything about church. I didn't know anything really about God. 
But I'm so thankful I came to a place that taught me the truth that set me free. I'm so thankful that people loved me unconditionally, that they didn't look at the way that I I dressed or how I smelled or what I thought. They just loved me. It's like Jesus helped me, carried me across the threshold from brokenness to fullness, unconditional love. I bet there's people, I know that there's people in this room today with this many people. You got situations in your life that are out of control. But God can put it back where it needs to be. If he can heal the sick under the bridge and he can heal the sick here, he can heal whatever it is in your heart, whatever it is in your physical body, whatever it is in your spirit, man. He can heal you. He's Christ the healer. He's the master physician. He still does miracles. He's not stopped. He's not stopped. I read the scripture the other day. I believe Isaiah 57 said, who do you think you are to be a man afraid of a man that will die when I split the Red Sea, when I created all the heaven and the earth, when I did all of these things to show you my power and my goodness and my love? Who do you think you are being afraid of a man that's running for president? Who do you think you are being a man afraid of a woman? Who do you think you are? I said, God, forgive me. My trust is in you. My hope is in you. I love you, Lord. I love you. So I don't know what it is today, but I know the presence of the Lord is in this house today. I know that one thing that I can leave here when I, when I leave this place today, I can, I can make a, a declaration. Surely I have been in the presence of the Lord this day. And next Sunday and next Sunday and next Sunday until the Lord comes. So take a moment and think about it. What is it? What do you want to do for the Lord? What is it that you want to do? Is, do you want to volunteer? Or do you need prayer for something that, again, that you only know God can take care of? The altars are open. And I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Rich right now. I love you, church. I love you with all my heart. I'm so proud to be part of the body of New Hope Worship Center. I'm proud to be connected to such a great people in our city.